Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. So tonight, in the next few minutes that I have with you, I want you to turn to Song of Solomon. Chapter 3, I'm going to read out of that night, and I, but you can keep playing with that, Toby. I kind of like that. You can just, you can just stay here as long as you want to. <laughs> Song of Solomon, chapter 3. I'm going to read out of the NIV tonight, 1984 edition. I'm call, the Lord says over Alaska, I'm calling for watchmen. When I talk to you about watchmen, most of us that are studying the Bible will think of Ezekiel and the, and the warning anointing. That's not what I'm calling you as a I'm not. That's not the watchman anointing that I'm calling you. You're going to find out in these next few verses, because I had never seen this before up until a couple of days ago. Because that's why the Word of God is like layers. There's layers of revelation that comes. But listen to the, listen to the language because I don't want to get ahead of myself. And this is what it says. All night long on my bed. Everybody say all night long on my bed. And I, and I, I, I never ever want to use this pulpit to make any sexual innuendos. But there is a bed of intimacy that God is calling the church. And I will, and my, and my wife can attest to this, that, you know, when we didn't preach in the month of April, I didn't go into depression. I didn't go into discouragement. I went to the bed of intimacy. Because I knew that my life flow that would hit, because, you know, I didn't have a church. And, and the majority, you know, we have book sales and CD sales and, People buy stuff on the website like that, like that. But the majority of our income comes from people like you that give give toward our ministry when I go out and preach, and I'm not preaching anymore. So how many know the devil can can whisper in your ear and say you're not going to make it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? But see, when you are on the bed of intimacy with Jesus, when you're on the bed of intimacy with Jesus and the bed of prayer with Jesus, something happens on the inside of you that all of a sudden all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. And the sting and the sting of this life doesn't have an effect on you because guess what? So she's, she's all night long on her bed. And this, is the, and this is the condition of where she's at. All night long on my bed, I look for the one my heart loves. Everybody say for the one my heart loves. See, he, he, this, is, this, this is why I love this church. And this is why I love your pastor. Because there is an assignment on this church that there's one thing we're going to go after. We're going to have systems. We're going to have structure. We're going to have a new building. We're going to have great ministry. We're going to have great staff. But the bottom line, at the end of the day, we are going after the one our heart loves. Are you hearing me? That is going to be our primary focus. Because at the end of the day, my value is not found in what I built. My value is not even found in my title. My value is not found in how many revivals I had, how many people got healed, how accurate my prophetic word was. My value is in, am I seeking the one my heart loves? 
Because the reality is, I know people in ministry who are not seeking. They're existing, but they're not seeking. And so she's saying, all night, you know, in my whole life, I'm, I'm spending my time searching for the one my heart loves. And see, in that place, you don't get burnt out. Because there's an expectation. There's an anticipation. Because the Bible says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Ask and it shall be given. Come on. Because the thing is, maturity happens when I'm seeking. And so when I stop seeking, I stop growing. Because then I, then I believe that I have already have it together. She said, all night long on my bed, I search for the one my heart loves. But listen to this. I looked for him, but did not find him. What do you do when you don't see Jesus, feel Jesus in your life? You don't stay where you're at. You don't, you don't call your pastor at two in the morning. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, you can't live your life on somebody else's revelation and somebody else's relationship. Come on. And nor can you just live on what happens Sunday morning. Or what happens on Wednesday night. You think, you know what? I'm not feeling God. I'm not sensing His presence. I'm not feeling the fire of God on my heart. And what a lot of people do is the first thing they, they think is, oh, I must be, be in sin. Instead of realizing you've already been forgiven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that sin is there, sin is real. But if I don't feel fire on my heart, I understand I've got to press in a little further. Because there's one thing I do not want to lose. I lose my money. I lose my house. I'm losing my hair. Come on. But I ain't going to lose my fire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if I don't feel the fire on my prayer life, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay there until I find the fire. So what does she do? She doesn't say, well, you know, I'll just stay there, lack of intimacy with Jesus. I'll go ahead and live in this lifestyle and just live a bored Christianity. She doesn't. You know why? Because she misses her, she misses the presence of God more than she misses a reputation. care what anybody thinks about me. I miss the presence of God. See, this is why, this is why we got to have revival in the last days. Because in 1995, the glory of God came to Maui. It came to Brownsville, and it came to Toronto. And we've got an entire generation who has not even felt that kind of anointing and that kind of glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying to that effect? Why can't it start right here in Wasilla? Why can't it start right in Eagle River? Why can't it start right now? 
but it has to happen with somebody, somebody, not just the leadership, every single person sitting in the pew, I'm going to search for the one my heart loves. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care if it costs me my sleep, my reputation, my job. I don't care what it's cost me. I'm going after the one that my heart loves. Come on. And you know what? Not everybody's going to run with you. Not everybody wants to run that race with you. But see, this is why I appreciate my wife so much, because she'll run that race with me. But if I can find a group of people that will run that race with me, I'm going to tell you something. We'll have something greater than Toronto, greater than Brownsville, greater than 1995 with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Listen to this. Listen to verse 2. I will get up now. I will get up. I won't wait for somebody to pull me up. I won't wait for somebody to call me and ask me to preach. I will get up. Now and go about the city through the, its streets and squares, and I will search for the one my heart loves. In other words, all increase the intensity of my seeking. And I'm telling you by the Spirit, this, this virus and all that's happening, I believe instead of looking at it negatively, we need to look at it. God, I'm going to use this moment to increase my ability to more intensely seek after your heart. Because when I do that, guess what? I'm not affected by whatever, because I'm on this journey. I'm not just existing. Because God allows me to keep seeking. In other words, and, and guess what? She can't find him in the city. She can't find him in the squares. She can't find him at Bible study. Are you hearing what I'm saying? She can't find him where she thought she, he would be. But she doesn't stop there. Because sometimes when you, when you have just a, a two hunger, you know what? If there's any challenge, okay, I, I'm going to give in. I give up. So you got to understand, I refuse to give up. I refuse to give in. I refuse to give in to my emotions. I refuse to give in to my past. I refuse to give in to my failures. And notice this. No, no, notice this. And this is what hit me. This is what hit me today. She says, I, will, I, I, I go over the city and the streets and the squares. I'll, I'll go to the conference. I'll, I'll go to the prophetic conference. I'll do all what I need to do. And I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him but did not find him. At that moment, she could have gotten discouraged and give, given up on seeking after the one her heart loves. And we've got too many believers giving up right now. We've got too many leaders giving up. Because, let me just tell you, leaders, let me just say something to you, leaders. Because it didn't turn out the way we thought it would look like. We have a tendency to give up on what we're journeying after because we thought that ministry would turn out to be this and then when it was that, when it was difficult, when it was hard, when there was conflict, when, when there's all this, all this trauma on the city squares, all this stuff in the church, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. She doesn't. She doesn't. Now please hear me what I what I'm going to tell you right now because this changed my life. I mean, I wept. 
Listen to this. The watchman. Everybody say the watchman. Now, we know. Let me just tell you. In the book of Ezekiel, he talks about the watchman. And they, they would warn of uncoming enemy or an incoming enemy. Watchman knows what time it was. So watchmen were the spiritual leaders. But listen to this. The watchman found me as they made their rounds in the city. And she asked the question. She asked the question to the watchman. Because every one of you in this room are watchmen. Every one of you, there's a watchman anointing on the church. Prophetic prayer worship. Come on, that's, there's an anointing on this house. That, that's on your pastor and his wife. She is seeking after God. She, she, is, she is hungry to encounter Jesus. She wants more, and then she finds somebody who is a spiritual leader. And she asks them a question. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Let me tell you your responsibility. Notice what they don't do they don't give her an answer because silence is a voice they don't even respond to her question sister Ava they don't say nothing to her do you know why because because there was an assumption there was a there was a this this knowledge that the watchman's responsibility was to point me in the direction where I could find Jesus for myself they were there not just to warn me or correct me or disciple me. They are there to point me to the one my heart loves. Let me just say this. The prophetic ministry isn't to give you a word that predicts your future. The primary reason of the prophetic ministry is not to predict the blessing that's coming into your future. The primary ministry is to point you to the one your heart loves. Oh, hear me. Because ladies and gentlemen, she has this knowledge that you're going to tell me how to find the Lord. You're going to tell me how I can discover him. Have you seen him? But, the, but their silence which tells me they've never seen him. Can you imagine trying to do ministry but never seeing Jesus? Oh, come on. Can you imagine trying to do church without not seeing the Lord's activity of the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of power, the demonstration of grace, the demonstration of salvation? And can you imagine trying to do ministry? You will not last. But let me just tell you why this ministry is going to grow. Why you're going to get to 4,000. Not just because you're going to have great systems and great staff. It's because the watchman, when hungry believers ask the question, have you seen the one my heart loves? Every leader in this church, whether you're a senior pastor or a life group leader, yeah, I can tell you because I have seen him.
You know, and I realized that sometimes, you see, sometimes immature watchmen want the people that are hungry for God to see them. See me operate in anointing. See me preach and see me prophesy and see me how, I, how, how special I am. Come on. Not, let me tell you, let me tell you how I found Jesus. Let me tell you what I saw. Because ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't even planning to say this tonight. But after Pastor Karen and Pastor Daniel dropped me, I just went back into Song of Solomon and just sat there in the presence of God and I said, oh God. God is going to anoint watchmen tonight. Because you know what? When someone asked me, Prophet Harkey, how can I encounter Jesus? Not how I, they can encounter me. How they can build a platform. How they can become famous. How they can write books. No. How can they find Jesus? this up. Do you know that sometimes you can be in the will of God and still be struggling? Because in Mark chapter 6, Jesus went to the, the went to, they, they had, he had just multiplied the five loaves and the two fish. And he he stays, he stays there to talk to his father to pray, to refresh himself, and tells the disciples to go on the other side. He tells them that. So in, their, in the place of obedience, they get into the boat, and as they were rowing, a storm comes. Because here's the problem with Western Christianity. Western Christianity, honestly, they, they don't say it, articulate it this way, but they think it. If I'm in a storm, it must be the devil or I must be, have disobeyed God. But these disciples in, in Mark 6, 48, and you can put that up there if any version you want to. They're in the boat in the will of God and they're struggling. Come on. Uh, they're struggling. You know why? They're struggling. They've obeyed Jesus, come on, to go to the other side because, you know what, they, 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 yet they're struggling in the boat. Listen. And he saw the disciples straining. How many, how many know that sometimes we're straining? Come on. We're straining through life. We're searching, we're seeking, we're straining, but we're in the will of God. And sometimes when you're straining, there's a tendency to get out of the boat. Let me just tell you, it's a strain to build a building like you're building. It's a strain on all of us financially. It's a strain to have meetings, all these kinds of things. We're, and we're trying to get the other side. God, if it's your will, why am I struggling? Straining at the oars because the wind was against them. 
Let me ask you you a question. How many have had things against you? It seems like you're, you're, you're not going with the wind, you're going against the wind. I thought if it's a wind of God, why don't you just blow me across the water and I get there so easily I don't even have to row. But listen, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Let me, I want you to hear me. Don't forget what I'm going to tell you. When you search for the one your heart loves and you are in the boat of obedience, let me just tell you, Jesus will leave his prayer life to rescue you. Father, I've got a church straining. I've got some people that, that, that are, have obeyed my voice, but the wind is against them. Come on. And right now, I've got to go out and I've got to rescue them. Let me hear you, Alaska. Let me hear you. Because you may, straining through COVID, straining through life, straining through finances, but in the will of God, still tithing, still seeking, still pressing in. God says, I'm coming out for you. God says, I'm coming out for you. I'm coming out on the lake for you. Now, I'm going to get in trouble. I know this, but it's okay. I only live once. I'll move quickly. And I'm going to just read out of the New Living Translation because I want to. But when, verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror thinking he was a ghost. Isn't it interesting that you can pray to be rescued but not really believe that you're going to be rescued? (laughs) Because the winds of adversity and the straining that that you're going through is so severe. And you're praying, oh God, get me out of it. But then when God shows up, you can't recognize him. (laughs) That's exactly what's happening. Because first of all, you don't have a paradigm for walking on water. They've never seen in the Bible where anybody walked on water. Come on. And I'm going to tell you something prophetically. You know what's going to happen? Because you're, you're searching for the one your heart loves. You're in the boat of obedience. You're going to see God do something that you don't even have a paradigm for, that you've never seen him do, that, that is beyond anything you've ever experienced or anything you've ever imagined. Come on. See, here, the devil doesn't know what he's done to the church. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a church here in Wasilla, Alaska. The, the devil, you came. Guess what? Guess what? My God is coming down from heaven, walking on water. And he's, we're going to see something we have never seen before. He's walking on water. So obviously it can't be the Lord. <laughs> and thinking it, he was a ghost... They were terrified when they saw him. But listen to this. I love this. But Jesus spoke to them, verse 50. I don't have time to finish. But Jesus spoke to them. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. I am here. Everybody say, I am here. I don't care if I'm struggling. 
I don't care if I'm against the wind. All I need to know, God, is you're here. Oh, I'm, I'm, all I need to know is you're here. Not about what's happening around me, but what's happening in me. I know you're here. And if you're here, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know who's going to be the president. I don't need to know what's going to happen next year. I don't know what's going to happen to my land or my house or my kids. All I know, when you're here, everything's going to be all right. I know because you're here. And because he's there, and he doesn't want his disciples to live in the struggle. As soon as he walks into the boat, the wind dies down. And then he starts preaching to them and asking them the question, why didn't you believe? And he makes a statement that seemingly completely, completely outside, didn't, even, didn't have nothing to do with what they're struggling with. Because it, it says, take courage, I'm here. Then he climbed in the boat and the wind stopped. And they were totally amazed. And verse 52 is like, like, why, why is that there? Why is 52 there? For they still did not understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. What does the miracle of the loaves have to do with the storm? Why would, why, would, why would the gospel writer put that in the text to say what Jesus said? They, their hearts were hard. They still don't understand. They did not understand the miracles of the five loaves and two fish. Because here's what you have to remember. They're interconnected. Because here's the reality. When Jesus shows up, doesn't matter if you're in a storm. doesn't matter if you can't feed 5,000. Anything can happen in his presence. Anything could take place in his presence. Anything that you have need of can take care of his presence. Come on. See, that's why we need to find him. That's why we need to find him. Come on. That's why we need to search for the one our heart loves, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Because, right, because anything can happen in his presence. And see, it had nothing to do with the storm because, listen, when they were in a place of lack, when they did not have enough to feed 5,000, Jesus says you feed them. Living Bible says, with what? The lunch that they got, they, they ripped it off from a boy. They stole it from a guy. They stole it from a little boy. How could you do that to a little kid? But they stole his lunch, which means they stole from a kid. Because they didn't have nothing. Oh, God, why'd you give me broke disciples, man? That's not even their food.
And then, but Jesus never says anything like that. How many want to multiply? It's very difficult to multiply in the struggle. It's very difficult to multiply when you're straining. But see, our geographical location, nor our time of our seasons or time of year or what's going on in the world should never determine whether we're going to multiply or not. What determines we're going to multiply is I'm here. He's here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here to the ones that are seeking after him and searching for the one their heart loves, not getting bitter at the watchman, not getting bitter at life. I'm going after God until I find him. And what happens in that place the reason they did not understand is don't you know that I am here? Because just a couple days ago, I fed 5,000, not including man. Now I can take care of anything in your life. Doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Doesn't matter what kind of storm you have. Doesn't matter what kind of financial crisis you're in or physical crisis you're in or relational crisis you're in. I can come and take care of it just like that. Come on and give God a shout of praise all over the house. Lift your hands to Jesus all over the house. All over the house tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light upon our path. I thank you tonight that you are raising up lovers. You are raising up lovers that will search for the one their heart loves. The Bible says that, you can put your hands down. The Bible says in the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 4, NIV version, it says, Scarcely had I passed them. Everybody say, passed them. Which means that she didn't camp out on the watchman's lack of spirituality. She didn't camp out. She didn't get bitter. Their silence didn't stop her search. Did you just hear what I just said? When someone doesn't know where to find Jesus, you keep searching. Scarcely had I passed them that I found the one my heart loves and I brought him into my mother's house where I was conceived. Can I tell you something? In 2005, when Pastor Morocco called me and asked me to come to the prophetic conference to be a part of it, that verse came to my mind. Because where, where was I conceived? at that altar you know what I'm saying I was conceived right there but guess guess what happens I'm going to bring Jesus back with me I'm going to bring the presence of God with me are you hearing what I'm saying to the mother's house because I want other people to experience what God has done in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? That's the power of seeking after God. Come on, give God a shout right now. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.